in choosing this year's um, uh, recipient of the award wasn't very hard. I don't think there is a working poet alive who reads poetry in translation who doesn't think that Thomas Tronstromer is one of the masters, perhaps the master of the art alive at this moment. Um, Thomas was born in 1930. That is to say, he's in the poetic generation after Milos and Octavio Paz. And um, it means to say that in Scandinavian arts, he's in the generation after Ingmar Bergman. He was raised in Stockholm. His father was a reporter. His mother was a teacher. He went to a classical high school, a Latin school, um, which turns out to be important for something austere and elegant in his work. By the time he was 22 or 23 years old, he'd published a first slim book of poems called 17 Poems, um, which uh, in another 12 years had been translated into most of the languages that uh, people were translating poetry into. Tomas is the most translated poet into English of all living poets. I think the only poets who are more often translated are Rumi, Neruda, and Rilke. After that, Tronstromer. Um, why is he such an amazing poet? It's difficult to say, but somehow, of the artists of the period 1950 to 2000, more than any other single poet, it seems to me, Tomas's poetry gave a piercing sense of what it's like to be an ordinary person going about their life at the moment when that life goes off the tracks. If you found the moment when the car went off the road, the traffic, it had stopped, your heart was beating, you were still alive, and everything was still going on, trains went by, cars went by, stars overhead continued to do their thing, and you were sitting there with your beating heart wondering who and what the hell you were, that's the moment that he writes about. It comes out of the existentialism of the post-war period, comes out of something in northern Protestant sensibility. Um, it comes out of the way he, in his particular way, put together something out of Swedish Romanticism, something out of French Surrealism, something out of classical tradition, to make this singular voice that became a kind of voice of conscience for all of us. Speaking about poets, he wrote, Shiki and Ungaretti are, are, Shiki and Ungaretti are writing with life's chalk on death's blackboard. Um, in another poem, December evening, 1972, he writes, I'm driving past the locked up white church. A wooden saint is standing in there, smiling, helpless, as if they had taken away his glasses. <laughs> he is alone. Everything else is now, now, now. The law of gravity pressing us against our work by day and against our beds by night and the war. December 1972, living with the Vietnam War in the way that we now live with the violence in uh, Iraq. In 1990, Thomas had a stroke that left him paralyzed entirely 
on his right side and for a period without the ability to speak. So all the poets in the world were aware that one of the master poets in any language in that period had lost the power of speech, um, which was felt like a symbolic act. Thomas worked as a uh, psychologist. He made his living um, as a psychologist to juveniles in prison, to drug addicts, to people between jobs and depressed. He ran groups. He worked as a citizen in the state, and his poetry belongs to the commuter in us. Looking at the headlights in front of him, he sees it as a long red dragon when everybody hits their lights and says, you are a scale on that dragon. It's that consciousness of being alive that he brings on guard duty when he's doing his work one of his most famous poems, he says, task to be where I am, even when I'm in this solemn and absurd role, I am still the place where creation works on itself. And that sense of what poetry does um, runs through his work. When he had the stroke, his wife, Monica, whom you will meet in a moment, and who was a nurse, uh, drove into Stockholm and bought, because Thomas loved playing the piano, the entire Western literature for piano for the left hand, I'm told, and brought it back and said, Thomas, get to work. <laughs> so that once he recovered um, his speech, um, and he recovered his poetry and produced the last two of the 12 remarkable books of poetry he wrote. He also has produced a record of piano literature for the left hand. Um, and that would not be a bad definition of one of the roles of poetry in the 20th century. Um, we're honored by his presence here. Um, so please welcome Thomas Tranströmer. De släcker lampan och dess vita kupar skimrar ett ögonblick innan den löses upp som en tablett i ett glas mörker. Sedan lyftas. Hotellets väggar skjuter upp i himmelsmörkret. Kärlekens rörelser har mojnat och de sover. Men deras hemligaste tankar möts som när två färger möts och flyter in i varann på det våta pappret i en skolpojksmålning. Det är mörkt och tyst, men staden har ryckt närmare i natt med släkta fönster. Husen kom. De står i hopträngd väntan, mycket nära. En folkmassa med uttryckslösa ansikten. It's one of the pleasures of my life to be on the stage with this man. That poem is called in English The Couple. 
They turn out the lamplight and its white globe glimmers for a moment, an aspirin rising and falling, then dissolving in a glass of darkness. Around them, the hotel walls slide like a backdrop up into the night sky. Love's drama has died down, and they're sleeping now, but their dreams will meet as colours meet and bleed into each other in the dampened pages of a child's painting book. All around is dark and silent. The city has drawn in, extinguishing its windows. The houses have approached. They crowd in close, attentive, this audience of cancelled faces.